Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing and Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, as our guest, I have my friend Ashley Estelette, who's Chief Marketing Officer at MentorTech. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. I know we've both been looking forward to getting this on the calendar and recording it. So you've been a busy woman. Uh, I think last time we, we counted, your company's done not one, not two, but eight acquisitions in the past year. That's right, eight acquisitions. It's, um, it's for sure been nothing short of a miracle, but um, really, really strong momentum. It's just been a blast to be a part of. So how do you get your head around that as a CMO with just all the integrations of brand and systems and teams? And, and is there a process that you guys have fairly well baked out? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question and probably one that I've become more and more passionate about when you, the more you get involved in acquisitions of kind of this caliber. One of the things I would say that we found has been really important is having just a really strong brand strategy around each one of the acquisitions. So no matter how fast you're moving, it's just hypercritical that you're making sure that you understand where those brands are going to tuck into the organization. How are you going to go to market and tell that story to your customers? Um, how are you going to tell that story to the market? Um, and so we've done a really good job of developing a crisp process that, you know, really involves, you know, people from the product team, it involves sales, it involves marketing, our customer success team. And it's all about making sure that everybody sort of institutionalizes the same story, the consistent way we want to be talking about, you know, that acquisition or that part of the company in the broader Metrotech portfolio. And so um, I think that's been one of the biggest things that we've really uncovered. We've done a great job of, of really honing in on that process and just having a ton of rigor around um, executing it. Now, are you taking a unifying brand strategy where everything is Metrotech or is it more ABC company by or owned by or a Mitchell company? Yeah, great question. It's always the, um, are you a, are you a house of brands or are you a branded house question? Right? right. I would say historically the company, you know, as our product portfolio became bigger and bigger, you know, the company is definitely moving toward that unified brand strategy. We still even have some companies that we acquired a couple of years ago, um, that sort of predate me that are still sort of under that, you know, a Mitra Tech company or doing business as Mitra Tech. I think moving forward, when you get a product portfolio that's as complex as ours is, it's really important to make sure that you actually are going more with a unified brand strategy. The nature too of our products, I think they're they're starting to become more and more integrated. The the buyers that we serve are starting to become more and more of kind of a blended. Um, collaborative set of personas. And so I think it's just super important that we, that we continue to just be that big branded house. You know, we have a few of our clients that have done some heavy M&A. And I know one of the challenges that the CMOs deal with a lot is a better integrated customer experience because, okay, if, if, if how does the customer know it's all being served by one? And how do you then bring all those disparate channels and the product messaging and all that together so the customer feels like one company? So what are some of the things that you're doing with your team to deliver a better customer experience? Yeah, again, just kind of going back to the process, I think um, we, we try to integrate everything within a 90-day window. Um, that integration process includes you know, all the different stakeholders from across the business. So from a marketing standpoint, the things that fall on our plate are, are exactly what you're talking about, right? Making sure that you're pulling in their messaging, what, what matters to their customers, what is their voice and their tone, and how do you kind of take 
you know, if it's, if it's starkly different, you know, you probably want to take somewhat of a phased approach. We've done that with a couple acquisitions where, you know, we'll kind of start out and, you know, keep things somewhat in place for how they've been historically for that customer base, then slowly kind of start introducing more and more of the Metrotech brand, the Metrotech differentiators, so that, you know, within, within the right amount of time, you're able to, to kind of fully make that switch. Okay. How do you um, fulfill it operationally though? Because you've got different systems that you're acquiring. So customer data is siloed yep. and isolated. So what are you doing strategically to bring those systems together so that you get one view of the customer? Yeah, so that that for sure has had to involve, um, you know, our ops team, our business applications team. We have a director of analytics on our team that actually sort of spearheads all that, all that integrations of the tech stack. It, what's been kind of cool is some of the acquisitions that we've brought on have subscribed to kind of some, you know, more niche technologies that, that you know, we've maybe never heard of before or we never used. And so, you know, I think there's, um, you always want to approach an acquisition with how do we make, you know, the, the one plus one equal five. And it's not just a, hey, come talk under us, we bought you type of scenario, right? It's, hey, let's go look at their tech stack, evaluate their tech stack. Um, decide what we keep, decide what we don't keep. And again, it just it just really comes back to, to having that multi-stakeholder process, everybody on board, everybody working toward um, toward kind of that consolidation effort. It's very exciting. So I guess that probably just adds to the culture though, where people are just always expecting the next one to come. So yeah, it's just of, yeah. part of the normal rigor, right? Yes. So uh, talent. I mean, I think it's on top of mind of everybody these days, regardless of industry. Um, what's going on in your world? Challenged? Not challenged? You got it nailed down or what? Yeah. Geez. I mean, who would have thought, you know, 12 months ago that we'd just be in, in the hiring and recruiting and, um, you know, retaining employees and retaining top talent. Who knew we'd be in this, this kind of challenging spot? Um, for us, when I came on board, we actually had quite a few open headcounts. So my first priority within the company was how do I come in? How do I recruit? How do I fully staff this team so that we can sort of slam on the accelerator? You know, again, you can imagine with all the M&A activity and then also being a little bit short staffed, you know, you start to, you start to panic a little bit. I think for us, you know, recruiting really came down to big team effort. We were reaching out to people back in our networks. We obviously have a, um, you know, a recruiter on staff, but it really, I think more than ever has become, you know, yeah, you can reach out to some of our sales leaders and said, Hey, who are some great product marketers that you've worked with, you know, in your past before. And so it truly was, you know, the way we've approached it is really reaching into our networks to say, Hey, who's out there? Who do we think is really good? And how do we start to have conversations with them about bringing them on board? But it's been challenging for sure. So uh, beyond that, though, are you doing things differently now as a marketing executive in terms of how you think about compensation package, benefits, skill training, career pathing? Um, what are some of the things that you're institutionalizing that you might not have thought to do 18 or 20 yeah. years ago? Yeah, I'd say all of the above. You know, it's really, really obvious that employees now want to, want to be with a company that they feel you know, is going to invest in them, that they feel cares about their career, that they feel is going to, um, you know, sort of long-term be there for them. And um, so we've done, we've done quite a few things. I'd say just being in this remote environment 
you know, you've got all the burnout challenges, you've got challenges with um, trying to get to know your team and sort of bond and build rapport with your team when you're doing it over a computer screen. And so um, a couple of things we've done. So we've started implementing random hourly blocks that I've set out for the team. I put it on everybody's calendars for everybody to just step away from the computer, go outside, you know, make a phone call, um, you know, whatever you need to get done kind of from a personal level, take that time to, to get away and unplug for a second. Um, you know, you and I were joking earlier, I had, you know, 14 back-to-back meetings yesterday. I mean, that's, that's you got to be really cognizant of not doing that, right? So that's been a really great thing. The other thing we've really tried to do is Teams has got a functionality called an icebreaker bot. And so we've started leveraging some of these tools that are out there now that allow teams to sort of get randomly paired with each other and get to know each other and, you know, set up meetings where, where we just start to, to feel more like a collective team, even though we're all sort of sitting isolated, you know, in our homes for now. I, I love that. So with, with all these acquisitions now, have you actually met your team in person or is it still all been virtual? It's, it's all been virtual. There are a couple people I've met because only because they worked with me previously prior to COVID you know, at another company. And so we're hoping uh, in about three weeks, I'm going to go to Austin, hopefully meet with some of the team that's there. We're hoping to do a big beginning of the year kickoff meeting with, you know, sales, marketing, and kind of bring together all of our go-to-market teams in person. So, you know, just looking forward to that, you know, immensely. You think about the upcoming year ahead, what are some of your biggest challenges? So I think some of our biggest challenges are going to just continue to be um, telling that that single brand story out to the market. You know, our our M&A likely you know won't slow down into the coming into the coming year, which is incredibly exciting. But it's it's that real rigor around making sure that we're buttoning up the brand, that our customers understand the value that we're bringing by acquiring these other companies. Right? It's not it's not sort of a haphazard initiative, there's there's an unbelievable strategy and vision into what we're marching toward by doing all these acquisitions. And so I think it's really important to continue to make sure we stay on top of that, make sure that um, customers in the market understand what we're what we're really trying to execute. So uh, now that you're really starting to get into the highlights of your career, you're a chief marketing officer, and do you reflect back on when you were first getting started and you graduated? And is there anything that you would tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self just to not worry so much. I think early in my career, I was, you know, you're you're constantly just, you know, kind of have a um, have a magnifying glass over yourself. And I was really hard on myself about, you know, little mistakes you make or am I doing the right thing? And I think that the approach now is just, you know, roll your sleeves up, dig in, be, you know, collaborative alongside your team, alongside other business partners within the organization. And don't worry so much about having to do everything perfectly or, you know, making sure that you're communicating everything perfectly. I mean, it's just, I think the more, um, you know, the more genuine and natural and just, you know, gritty you can be, the the more fun you're going to have and, and the better off you're going to be. It's great, great mindset. And then if you were to mentor some younger marketing professionals who want to become CMOs themselves, what would you tell them? Oh, I'd tell them... Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just is being a team player alongside your team. I've always had the mentality of, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a leader that sort of sits at the top and says, you know, okay, you know, roll me up the numbers and do more of this. And 
let's make sure we're doing this right and and just report down i'm a I'm a, you know, again, I'm a roll up your sleeves and be in the business alongside your team. Learn as many areas of marketing as you possibly can. I think it makes, it makes you such a stronger leader when you've actually got, you know, working experience in all of these different functions. You know, you're really able to get in alongside your various team members and say, Hey, you know, I understand exactly what you're dealing with. I understand the tech stack you're working with. I understand the challenges. I really think that kind of been there, done that experience has helped make me a a much stronger leader. So get all the exposure you can, raise your hand for all the projects, all the initiatives, and it's it's just all going to make you such a more welcome leader. Great advice. Ashley, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Jeff.